Turn with me, please, to the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 32. 632, this is a long scripture lesson. So I'll allow you to remain seated. Talking today about the bread of life. Would you say that after me, please? The bread of life. John 632 says, Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes on me shall never thirst. Verse 48, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed. My blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. So Jesus presents to us metaphors. He presents to us similes. One object used in place of another by way of suggesting a likeness between the two of them. By looking at the type, at the metaphor, you can learn more about that which it typifies. And so Jesus used many metaphors to describe his person and to describe his mission. He said, I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. I am the vine. And in using these metaphors, Jesus was saying, study what a light is. Study what a shepherd is. Study what a vine is. And you'll understand more about what I am. I'm like a shepherd. I'm like a light. I'm like a vine. And if you really want to have a good spiritual Holy Ghost good time, study some of the metaphors that describe Christ and see how they apply to him and then understand what they mean for you. 
the most enjoyable aspect of this endeavor is the fact that all these metaphors break down. All of them fail when they're really compared to Jesus Christ because no light can really typify Jesus. No shepherd can really typify Jesus Christ. No vine can really symbolize all that Jesus is, all that Jesus does. He's much more than any of them can ever indicate. Such is the case when we study and when we observe Jesus as the bread of life. Prior to the time of our text, Jesus had on varied occasions been proclaiming who he was and proclaiming that men could only be saved by believing in him. He had performed miracles that proved and illustrate that he was the divine son of God. He healed a nobleman's son who was at the point of death, John 4, 46 and John 5 and 1. He healed a man who had been afflicted by a crippling paralysis at the pool of Bethesda. And then at the beginning of chapter of the chapter which is our text is taken from, Jesus caused one little boy's lunch to be multiplied and increased until 5,000 men plus the women and children were able to eat from that one boy's lunch. It had only five barley loaves and two small fish. When Jesus got through, <clears throat> that one lunch was enough for everybody who was there. And so bread was the foundation of the diet of men in biblical days. The buck of their diet was farinaceous or made from flour or from meal. And a meal always included primarily bread. Even broma, the term which we interpret to be meat, meant food in general rather than flesh <clears throat> in particular. And again, the word which we interpret corn really means in most cases wheat or barley. And that was a meat offering which the Jews offered at certain times to God. And that offering was really flour or corn or oil. But the use of bread was so prevalent that in that day, bread was considered to be synonymous with food. And food was considered to be synonymous with bread. And when one said bread, then it meant that various kinds of food was indicated. Now, when we say bread, we're not talking about that anemic, mushy stuff that we eat now. We're talking about that hearty, vitamin-rich, natural staple that ancient men call the staff of life. Sometimes in ancient days, a whole meal would be comprised of just bread. They very seldom ate flesh or meat. You remember the story that Jesus told? The man who had a midnight guest and he had no food to serve his guest. He went next door to his friend and knocked on the door in the middle of the night and in Luke eleven five said, friend, lend me three loaves. Three loaves or three rolls were enough 
for one meal. And even though one had a distinguished guest, that guest would not be offended by just receiving three rolls or three pieces of bread as his meal. So this little boy who served Jesus five loaves and two fish had just enough for a meal and a snack. Bread was usually made from wheat or it was made from barley. Barley was the cheapest and it was inferior in quality to bread made from wheat. Only poor people ate barley bread. The rich folk ate wheat bread. But this little boy was poor because he had only three barley loaves. But though he was poor still, he gave the Lord what he had. The Lord does not put a dollar sign in front of your name to find out how much money you've got, whoever you are. No matter how poor or how rich you may be, you can bring what you have to Jesus and let him use it in his service and to his glory. But let us dig a little deeper. We should also note that this text was spoken near the time of the Passover celebration. Israel was delivered from Egypt on the day following the Passover. The firstborn of the Egyptians were destroyed. And on that night, the Israelites had prepared unleavened bread, making ready for their journey out of the land of Egypt. They used unleavened bread, but then in the wilderness, they had been provided bread from heaven, angels' food, which sustained them throughout their 40-year sojourn in the wilderness. The Passover celebration took place about the time of the planting of the wheat each year. And so when Jesus said, I am the bread of life. His words had a significant impact. They thought about the bread that they normally ate. They thought about the unleavened bread that they made on the night of the Passover. They thought about the, the, the manna that came down uh, from heaven. And all of these symbols and similes and metaphors of bread were rich in their minds. And so Jesus was saying to them that I stand in the same relationship to your spirit and your soul, that bread and food stand in relationship to your physical life on earth. I am to your soul what bread is to your body. But Christ is even more than that. And we've not yet even scratched the surface. Let me illustrate. Bread is dead. Bread is lifeless. But when it is consumed by a living being, it is transferred into energy and into life. Bread is for the living. In many civilizations, ancient civilizations, men would bury food and money and all other kinds of stuff with dead bodies. They felt that in their journey they would need this bread and they'd even bury animals and bury other human beings. If he was a king, then they felt like he needed his servants to be with him as he went into the next life. And so they buried his servants with him too. And so we now know and feel that it's foolish, it's stupid to be giving bread to dead folk. Nobody would line up a bunch of corpses and bring a banquet table before them and put luscious food and delicious food on the table to serve them. If you did, the bread would still be there 100 years from now because dead men don't normally eat bread 
and especially that bread would become molded and, and rotten. It would be a strange kind of bread, which when you put it in a dead man's life, dead man's mouth would bring that dead man back to life again. I said it'd be a strange kind of bread, which if you were to place it in a dead man's mouth would bring him back to life again. But Jesus, can I talk about Jesus, is the living bread. Would you tell somebody Jesus is the living bread? When he comes to those who are dead in trespasses and sins, he gives them new life. And Paul said in Ephesians 2 and 1, you hath he quickened or brought back to life again who were dead in trespasses and in sins. Jesus is that kind of bread. When a dead man spiritually eats it, he gets new life and new vitality and new ability. Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. Jesus specialized in bringing dead things back to life again. Would you tell your neighbor, Jesus specializes in bringing dead things back to life again. A young man had died. The funeral procession was moving toward the graveyard. They intersected Jesus. Jesus touched the young man and said, young man, arise. The young man's eyes opened. He sat up on the bier. They took him down and he went with his mother back to their home alive and well. Jesus brings dead things back to life again. A little girl had died. Jesus visited the home. The mourners were crying and screaming. They felt Jesus was foolish to be spending time with a dead body. Jesus went in and then he said, Talitha Kuma, maid, I say to you, arise. The young lady's eyes opened. She got up off the bed alive and well. Lazarus was dead. Not only was he dead, he was dead until the fourth day and buried. But when Jesus showed up, he rolled the stone away. They said, it's too late. Jesus said, I don't go to work until it's too late. Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus came out alive and well. Jesus himself died on a cross. His blood was shed for you and for me. But on the third day morning, he grabbed death by the collar and shook death until death turned him loose. Listen, if anything in your life is dead, Jesus can bring it back to life again. If you tell somebody if anything in your life is dead, Jesus can bring it back to life again. He can bring your hope back to life. He can bring your joy back to life. He can bring your peace back to life. He can bring your situation back to life, your marriage back to life. Jesus can bring dead things back to life again. Would somebody help me praise the Lord? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Someone in the house may be dead today, but Jesus can bring you new life in the name of Jesus. May it happen today. Jesus not only brings dead things back to life again, not only is he the living bread, but he's totally wholesome bread. Some of the stuff you eat is not wholesome. It's not good for you, even if it's vitamin enriched. There are some foods that we eat that are not good for us. Some are good for us. Some folk will just eat anything. Good for them or not for them. Amen. But even God, as he provided manna, for the children of Israel in the wilderness, the manna was totally wholesome food. It was totally healthy. It had within it the elements that brought health and strength to their bodies so that for 40 years, that's all they really needed to eat. 
That's all they needed to devour. The, the manna was totally wholesome. And even as the manna was totally wholesome, God has now provided Jesus who's totally good, totally wholesome. He removes everything that's injurious and impure from our spiritual system. Listen, you are what you eat. And the more you partake of Jesus, the more like Jesus you become. I am, Jesus said, the living bread. He's wholesome. But then also he's adequate. He's all you really need. The manna was all they really needed to be healthy and to survive in the wilderness. And when they received the manna, they lusted for some meat. They lusted for flesh. And God gave them flesh, but also brought a great plague down upon them. That lets you know that, listen, what God provides for you, God expects you to accept it and receive it and partake of it and be pleased to receive what God offers to you. Jesus is totally adequate for us. He's adequate in sorrow. He's adequate in our trials. He's adequate in temptation. He's adequate in our labor. He's adequate in our distress. And whoever you are, Jesus is adequate. Whatever you face, Jesus is able to help you and strengthen you and enable you to endure what you face. He said, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Whatever you need, God can provide it through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Not only is he adequate, but the Bible says that he is good. He is good bread. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How many of you know God is good? Good in the time of trouble. Good in time of distress. God is good. And you can never get enough of Jesus. Some things you can eat and get too much of it and get indigestion. I know what I'm talking about. But listen, you can never get too much of Jesus. Every day I want more. Every day I want to be closer. Every day I want to feel the greater manifestation of his power. Every day I want to know more about Jesus because you can never get too much of Jesus. But then not only is he good bread, but then he's appropriate bread. The manna was appropriate. Fresh every morning. Appropriate. They didn't have to find a store to get some, all they had to do was walk out the door and reach down on the ground and pick it up and prepare it. It was new every day. It fell upon them where they were, not where they had been, but where they were. As I've said, it's nutritionally whole. It's nutritionally healthy. And I just thought I'd come by to tell you today that Jesus is appropriate. Nothing else you reach for, nothing else you strive for, Nothing else you feel might be an alternative to seeking God and knowing God. Some of you have tried everything and you found out that everything failed. Everything was not appropriate. That involvement was not appropriate. That relationship was not appropriate. What you chose to try to give you joy and peace was not appropriate. But when you try Jesus, you'll find that Jesus is totally appropriate. Whatever the problem is, Jesus can deal with it. Whatever you're confronted by, Jesus can bring you through it. Hallelujah. But not only is he appropriate, he's also available. He's available, bread, whatever he might be. If he were not available to us, then that would leave us alone and in trouble. But aren't you glad he is available? 
the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and full of truth he is like we are he came in the flesh he became flesh he understands us because he was tempted in all points like as we are and yet without sin he died for us on the third day morning he rose from the dead listen this is why he can give us light because he grabbed death by the collar and shook death until death turned him loose and he said I'm he that was dead and now I'm alive forevermore and I've got the keys to death hell and the grave no matter how low you've sunk no matter how many people you've hurt no matter how much wrong you've done no matter how evil people think you are Jesus is available to you if you open up your heart he'll come in and he'll abide on the inside we have not a high priest who cannot be touched by the feeling of our infirmities but he was tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin therefore we can come boldly to the throne of grace and find mercy and grace to help in the time of need mercy for sins that are past and sins that are present grace to help for sins that are future God can bring you through God can bring you out he's available he's as close as your next prayer he's as close as the air you breathe he's as close as the seat you're sitting on you don't have to find him he has already found you and he said I'm standing at the door I know your address I'm knocking if any man will hear my voice and open unto me I will come in and sup with him and he with me but all that Jesus is and all that he does he is the bread of life but as with natural bread you never are blessed by it until you consume it some folk want to talk about food some folk want to look at food but food really can't help you until you consume it and receive it into your body when I'm hungry I don't want to talk about food I want to eat some food and if you're hungry if your spirit is famished Jesus I said Jesus is available oh bless the name of God if you come unto him that is to eat of his flesh if you believe on him that is to drink of his blood and Jesus is available to you why doesn't somebody say praise the Lord he must be received he must be received by faith if you have faith he'll come in your life he said if you abide in me and my word abide in you you shall ask what you will you know you're hungry you know you have spiritual yearning and spiritual desire but I just came back to tell you if you've tried everything and everything has failed try Jesus I know you've tried this I know you've tried that but Jesus is the only one who can forgive your sin 
Jesus is the only one who can break the yoke of sin in your life. Jesus is the only one who can bring the riches and wealth of the Spirit into your life. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ who walk not after the Spirit but after and not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Reach out for the Spirit of God. Reach out for the power of God. Decide Jesus I want to know you like I've never known you before. I don't just want to talk about you. I don't just want to hear about you. But I want you to live in my heart and live in my life. Lift up your hand and say, Jesus, take up residence in my life, in my mind, in my heart. The psalm have said, as the heart panted for the water brook, so pants my soul for thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for the living God. Is anybody hungry? Is anybody thirsty? Don't go to and fro, up and down the boulevard. Fall down on your knees and you'll find the Lord right there. He'll be right there. He'll be right there. And then Jesus said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. He says you're not living until you've accepted me. You're not feeding on Jesus. You have no life. Oh, bless the name of God. But if you want life, if you want to really live, you need the bread of life. Jesus is the bread that satisfies. For Jesus said, if you come to me, you'll never hunger again. Oh, bless the name of God. There are people who are trying this and seeking that. But when you really know Jesus, he gives you a deep set satisfaction that enables you to smile when other folks are filled with sorrow, when other folks are discouraged and bowed down. Jesus can lift up your head. He is the joy of your life. He's the strength of your heart. Jesus is joy and sorrow. He's peace in the midst of confusion. Jesus is satisfaction guaranteed if you know him. He said, I'm come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. Not only is he the bread that satisfies, he's the bread that never runs out. Always more, always something new. The manna was there every morning. And Jesus is right there when you need him. Always taking you higher. Always doing more. Always blessing you in a very special way. He's the bread that will bring life. He said, if you eat of me, you will live forever. On the third day morning, Jesus got up from the grave. Said, I'm he that was dead. I'm alive forevermore. If you know Jesus, he'll give you that same life, that same anointing. Even as he arose from the dead, he'll quicken your mortal body. The Holy Ghost will come in with life and power. Jesus will help you to live. Hallelujah. I'm come that you might have life and that more abundantly. 
Anybody know anything about abundant life? Anybody know anything about real living? When Jesus came in, joy came in. When Jesus came in, peace came in. When Jesus came in, everything I needed came into my life. I want to say one more time, he is available. You can have him right now. He can come into your life, into your heart, and your life will never be the same again. He is the Son of God. He is the living bread. And if you receive him, you will live as you've never lived before. Isaiah, the prophet in the 55th chapter of his prophecy said, why, verse two, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your wages for that which does not satisfy? Eat what is good, delight in abundance, incline your ear and come to me, hear me and your soul shall live. Child of God, child of God, Jesus is what you need. Come on, tell your neighbor, Jesus is what you need. Visit the fond capitals of the world. Go here and there and everywhere, but you'll never find anybody that will love you like Jesus, that will lift you like Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In my mind, I see the picture of starving men, hungry men, desperate men, with a full banquet table placed before them, but they're sitting at the table and they're not partaking of what's on the table. Listen, you don't get nourishment for sitting at the table. You get nourishment for partaking of the food that's on the table. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. I will give you what you need. Child of God, all you've got to do is just raise your hand and say, Lord, feed me until I want no more. Lord, I don't want to just hear about you. I want to know you for myself. I want you to take up residence in my heart, in my mind. I want you to be so close that I'll hear your voice, so close that I'll feel your presence, so close that I'll begin to go higher and higher in your love. Touch me, bless me, move on the inside of my life. Lord, I'm hungry. Lord, I'm thirsty. My soul needs a blessing from on high. Lift up your hand and say, Lord, fill me again. Lord, take up residence in my life. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit, child of God. By faith, position yourself in Jesus Christ. Open up your heart. Let him come in your life. Hallelujah. If you abide in me and my word abide in you, 
you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you you can abide in Jesus Jesus can abide in you Lord show up in my life oh Lord move in my heart oh Lord I want to know you like I've never known you before stand up everybody lift up your hand and say Lord I want to be close to you Lord I want to feel your power I want to feel your presence come on the inside of my life drive out everything that's not like you fill me fill me fill me with your presence and with your power bread of heaven feed me until I want no more come on clap your hands come on clap your hands come on give praise give glory give glory give glory lift up those hands receive him now let him bless you right now let him touch you right now hallelujah 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 Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. In a few moments, we'll receive from the table of the Lord the bread the fruit of the vine the juice of the grape this table describes the suffering that our Lord endured that we might have life look at the bread the bread came from a kernel of wheat that kernel of wheat was sown into the ground It was exposed to the coldness and the wetness and the dampness of the ground. That seed died in the ground. It germinated suffering. Then out of that dead seed came a sprout that had to push its way through the crust of the soil. Came out into the light, exposed to the insects and to the animals and to the feet of men but that little sprout pressed its way in the burning sun in the driving rain in the snow in the ice in the snow in the ice it grew until it became a full stalk of wheat suffering and then it was cut by a sharp sickle and then it was threshed until the husk was separated from the kernel and then that kernel was ground until it became flour suffering and then The flour was kneaded into dough, kneaded, suffering. Then it was cast into a hot oven, burned and cooked until it became bread, all suffering. The juice of the grape likewise endured suffering and pain. The grapes were crushed in the wine press until the life's blood spurted forth. And then the blood was, the the juice was strained and separated until it was 
processed and provided for us suffering. Jesus suffered for us. And when we partake of the bread and the fruit of the vine, we're partaking of his sufferings. We are knowing him in the fellowship of his sufferings and in the power of his resurrection. But thank God we've got the power of the resurrection. Jesus not only suffered, but Jesus reigned. He's King of kings and Lord of lords. I just want you to know Jesus reigns and Jesus shall reign. And if you want to know him, you'll reign with him. You'll be in power with him. You'll be in might with him. I want to sit at his table. I, I want to be a part of his family. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for the suffering. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for all you did that I might have life. I receive it in Jesus' name. But you said, I receive it in Jesus' name. Tell him once again, I receive it in Jesus' name. Clap your hands and give praise to God. Come on and praise him. Come on and praise him. Come on and praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Glory, glory, glory. I want to know you. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Fill us with your might. Fill us with your power. So close. We want to be so close. So close, we feel your presence. So close, your power's upon us. So close, your anointing is in the room. So close, bodies are healed. In the name of Jesus, miracles are taking place. In the name of Jesus, if you need a miracle, just believe God for it and say, Lord, I thank you for my miracle. I praise you, I praise you, I praise you. In a few moments, we're going to partake of the symbols of our Lord's body and our Lord's blood. Somebody in this room, when you partake of it, when it touches your lips, the healing power of God is going to so flow through your body. Cancer is going to go and sicknesses are going to be eliminated. Lumps are going to dissolve and God is going to give life to your body. Lift up your hand and say, Lord, let it be me. In the name of Jesus, thank him for it by faith. Thank him. Hallelujah. Someone needs to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord, sins are not forgiven you may even be a nominal Christian that reads the Bible and goes to church, but you've never really accepted Jesus Christ as you would accept bread or drink. You've received, not received him into your life. You don't know him, but you want to know him today. If any man will hear my voice and open, I'll come in. And I just won't hang around. I'll sup with him and he with me. Jesus wants to live in your life. If you're here today and you desire prayer, I'll pray for you right where you stand, right where you are. Jesus will come into your life. Every sin you've ever committed will be forgiven. Every wrong thing you've ever done will be erased. Jesus will accept you 
as his own dear child and he'll remain in your life as long as you want him to be there. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you would say, preacher, I want to know Jesus. I want my sins forgiven. I want to be sure that things are well between me and God. Yes, I'll pray for you. While every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you just lift your hand, that's your way of letting me know, preacher, pray for me. I want Jesus. I want my sins forgiven. I want him to be a part of my life for the rest of my life. Tired of living this thing by myself, finding my way on my own. Lift up that hand if that's you. I need my sins forgiven. I need to know things are well between me and my God. I don't want my soul lost. I want Jesus to be there with me even now. And when I stand at the door of death, I want him there to ferry me through and to bring me through. Lift that hand if that's you. Let me pray for you. I see those hands. Dear Lord, I pray for every uplifted hand, for every individual in the room who says pray for me. Dear Lord, thank you. Thank you that you let them live to this day. Thank you that you brought them to the house of God. Thank you, dear Lord, that you've given them your word and your commitment that if they will confess and believe, you'll come into their hearts. They'll never be the same again. Say this prayer after me, please, dear Lord. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Please forgive me for the wrong I've done and the wrong I have been. I want to be saved. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died for my sin. I believe he arose from the dead. I accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I give my life to him. And I thank you, Lord. I am saved. I thank you, Lord. I am forgiven. I thank you, Lord. I have new life. I thank you, Lord in the name of Jesus for saving me. Come on, praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord.